as you are all flying, you fly over some suburban areas. At your height, even though you're not like terribly high, you can see off in the distance what looks like, uh, and this is especially true for uh, Fredo and uh, Grisham, it looks like the skyline and areas of Washington, D.C. off in the distance. It's very, very nice. You are flying over like little inlets along the coast, over, over forests, occasionally the trappings of suburbia. And everyone make me another flight roll or a grit roll. Unplanned. Oh, definitely grit. Unplanned. Okay. Unplanned. Here we go. That's a 13 for me. Okay. Nine. That's pretty good. And another flight, you said? Yes. Or grit, if you want to do grit. A six with the flight. Okay. As you all are flying over, uh, a uh, not a very remarkable bit of forest, purple bolts begin to appear from below you. As you see Julian's broom explode from beneath him, and he goes tumbling into the forest. Oh, no. Wait, did he get attacked, or did his broom just... Uh, is it a lemon? Is his broom a lemon? <laughs> you you are answered this because the same bolts fly past your shoulder, although you are able to evade them. Grisham and... Actually, Grisham, you are barely able to avoid it. You do. You feel the heat singe you as the bolt flies past. Fredo, you are you are hit square on the in the chest, mm. right in your armor. <laughs> and uh, I need you to make a grit roll to stay on your broom. We'll say grit or flight, one or the other. Can I give him one of my adversity tokens? You may. All right. All right. With the adversity token, uh, bumping that from a seven to an eight, you are able to barely hold on to your broom, but you do see Julian Fussell Snap tumbling into the trees below. All right. I'm not the fastest flyer, but I'll probably just try to dive in to save him anyway. Okay. If I see Grisham going after Fussel Snap, I saw where the bolts came from. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go after those bolts. Okay. Grisham, go ahead and make me... Tell me how you want to try and save Professor Fussel Snap. Do you want to fly after him with flight, or do you want to try to use some magic? or How do you, how do you want to do it? I'm not a very fast flyer, so I think Grisham's probably going to think he wants to try to use some sort of levitation magic to stabilize him to keep him from falling. Okay, give me brains or grit. All right, well, grit hasn't been working well for me so far, but let's keep going, because it is my best stat. 13. Hey! Oh, all right. You are able, as you see Professor Fall Snap, no, 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 and he, he is about to impact a very large tree. Well, describe the spell effect. So, I mean... Nothing fancy here. Grisham thinks he got to stop him from falling, so basically he's gonna, like, try to give him a breeze, like, sort of cast a breeze that'll, like, push him enough to, like, sort of cancel out his uh, forward trajectory, so to speak. I see. Just your, enough, so, yeah. Your psychic force grabs him on the back as his head snaps forward into a tree and, and kills him, a la Gwen Stacy. Well, well done, Sp uh, Peter Parker. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what you said happens as... Professor Fossil Snap is seemingly guided by some sort of mystical wind, and he lands much softer, much, much softer than, uh, than he would have otherwise. He sort of tumbles in the, uh, in the underbrush, and he looks up and he looks confused. Maureen, mm -hmm. you see where the bolts are coming from, and it is a familiar-looking automaton. Familiar only in that it has its hand exposed as a cannon. You see this A999 in its true form, sort of a humanoid uh, shape, but flowing with seemingly a current of liquid metal all over its skin. Its head sort of 
almost making a cowl of the of the stuff and you see the familiar purple eyes of an annihilator as it looks up and it says you all are as predictable as i figured humans are oh shit you talk yeah predict this and Marine doesn't respond to that because she's like, it talked before. But she will remember Gr- Fredo's earlier words, and she will attempt to attack this thing with ice. She wants to okay. freeze it. I'm going straight for the eyes again, but like daggers of icicles just chuck, chuck. Okay, make me a fight. Me, yeah, make me a fight roll. Uh-huh. Let's do this. That is a 19. All right. As you make this attack, his eye, uh, you, go f- you go for the eyes, Marine. Just actually describe to me how, because uh, you are going to be successful, how the magic you are making interacts with his face and eyes. I, I do think I hear Fredo in my head. And so there's that second where she's going for her usual, which is lightning. But then, oh, no, 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 no. That was a good idea. And so her hand coalesces. The, the air just kind of condenses into literally an icicle the size of her broom. and. It looks like she chucks it, but it's really that she's created this bullet of ice that I would like to at least pierce one of its eyes with a giant icicle. And you do so. It, it takes it and you see it pierce through the eye. Uh, it, it reels from this attack and it's, the ice sticks it into a nearby tree. And as it stays still there for a moment, multiple eyes appear all over its, its body as it's it detaches from what was his head and like a spider crawls on its limbs and reforms itself a little bit smaller, but smiles and says, I figured that coming this direction might lure you here. I really only need to kill him. And he is going to send a bolt at Professor Fusselsnap. When he's, uh, when, when Fredo sees the bolt headed towards snap uh he wants to try to send like a force bolt like push to try to make the bolt veer wide okay make me a fight or grit check let's do fight. Uh, or sell me or or sell me on what stat you would like to use i, I like a fight one he's like okay. he's, he's mustering that inner technician when it comes to like planet when you're fighting like what is the smartest move to do and so he's relying on that like instinct of his fighting skills to try to, he knows he can't, the easiest thing, path of least resistance, is to just divert the bolt away from a relatively small target, which is uh, Julian at this point in their okay. life. Go ahead and make me that spell roll. Oh, no. Y'all. <laughs> this, yeah. I, I, Fredo has not rolled good at all this game. The, the past is not your friend. No. That's three. Fredo got a three. Mm. On a d12. <laughs> As... You try and divert this bolt. It seems like this bolt is pretty potent. You attempt to divert it. You only seem to divide it as the three, now three smaller beams of energy hit Professor Fossil Snap in the shoulder, in the gut, and in the head as he falls over. Well, I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think Maureen is still focused on this thing. So I don't I don't even know if she notices or she's not paying attention because she's like, okay, froze the head. Now it's a little bit smaller. Fredo was right. I just got to make the ice bigger. And I would like to 
once again go after this thing, but instead of like a dagger of ice, she now wants to uh, encase one of its legs in a giant block of ice. Okay, go ahead and make me a another fight check. Okay. Grisham, I want you to make me a uh, a spell roll. Having observed all of this, I want you to make a spell roll of whatever whatever stat you feel like assessing the situation. Ah, boy. Well, assessing, that's brains. So I'll go brains. I got a 17 on the attack, by the way. I got a one. I got a one. (laughs) Oh, boy. You don't see much. We'll come back to that. Okay. Maureen, your ice encases a leg. And you see the ice sort of creep up around the, the place that it's frozen. And you feel like this has done some massive damage as you see the eyes that have sort of appeared start blinking out. And... The thing smirks at you one more time and says, mission accomplished. And it just stands there. Maureen smiles and says, I'm still here. So no, mission not accomplished. And I mean, I know the others are going to keep doing stuff, but she's going to continue to just encase bits of it in ice until it's done. And (laughs) she believes that like, as long as she's been sent back in time, the timeline is still the way it's supposed to be, right? You do that? Tell me about your taking a part of the uh, of the A99. I think every time she condenses ice, it's a bigger and bigger, bigger chunk because she's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to get this all in one go. But if every time I'm making it smaller and smaller, then I-, I got this. I got this. And so eventually it's just like a pile of blocks of ice with various pieces of this thing in it. How long do you figure that this takes you? Well, if I got the leg, I think it'd probably be leg and then whole upper body and then head. So like three more, quote unquote, rounds of this. Because okay. she'd try to go bigger and bigger every single right, time. Right. Be like, I can do more. And as long as I'm here, I'm still winning. As you do this, you get to the last bit and it, the A999 crumbles. And just beyond the A99, you catch the, uh, you catch the, the gaze of, uh, of Julian Fussel Snap. Except it's not a gaze, it's just his eyes staring ahead as he slouched against a tree. Uh, Fredo was, while she was doing her uh, ice attacks, is having been the one that gave three shots to Julian, has a bit of remorse, and so he's going to try to do some resuscitation. Okay, uh, how would you like to do that? What kind of, is it, like, what kind, I would how, say how is like, he hurt? He is, he has taken energy wounds which you've seen before you you've actually seen this more than probably you're comfortable with except it's been used on on other students uh other penta uh fighters you've seen the effects of this energy weapon before i'd imagine it's kind of like since it's an energy weapon it's like overloading the nerve systems and stuff like that so that they kind of fry out it's got a surprising amount of physical force too gotcha so it's a little, it's a bit of, it's hot, it's it's energy, but it's also got a modicum of sub, of like physical force. So Fredo's going to like kind of focus on Julian's core and try to get like their heart started again while with like one hand kind of do it using like little like pulses of magic, like as like CPR almost while the other hand kind of like soothing over like the burns with like cooling spells. Okay, go ahead and give me... Grit for knowing the body or brains? Grit for knowing the body or, okay, I'm going to sell you on something here. Okay. So I recently watched Kung Fury again, and I'm going somewhere with this. So 
in Kung Fury, when Kung Fury was killed at the end of the big fight. Spoiler. Oh, it's. God, I know, this, I know. This is Did like 15 years ago, ago or something. I know, um, I know. <laughs> Hacker Man revived Kung Fury by hacking away his wounds. I watched Kung Fury again specifically for this line. I don't know why. He's like, I hacked all your wounds away. I will allow you to charm his wounds away. I, I just whisper sweet nothings into Julian. Listen, you got this. You're going to feel so good. You're going to be better. You're going to be a great professor. This is the kids on brooms version of healing words. Yeah. Yes. Sure. I'm going to charm the You're wounds charming away. Charming the wounds away. Do it, do it, do it. Dear RNG gods, this is the time. Can I give him more than one anniversary? To- uh, uh, there you go. I'll, I'll say you can give him one each. All right, I'll give him another one. So down I to don't two. have any. All right, or so with the one from Grisham, that turns on a D20 roll to a 15 from a 14. All mm. right. You getting somewhere. The magic is making this body listen a bit. You feel like you need maybe two more successes to to uh to maybe get him going. Marine, you see this this scene as Fredo is over uh ex- mortally wounded uh Julian Fusselsnap. And Grisham, you see the same thing. How how would you like to help? Marine has a a weird kind of it's not calm, but just she's not worried at all because she continues to believe that if the three of us are still here, that means we got sent back in time. That means everything that happened in our past still happened. That means what Fredo is doing is going to work. So it's less about her trying to help Fussel Snap and more she has has so much faith that what Fredo's doing is going to work, that she wants to help. She basically is going to just kneel down by Fredo and go, great, you got this, you got this. And, like, support him. Okay, uh, give me a charm roll. Give me a charm or... Maybe maybe grit of, like, she's she's Because what you pushing... described was charm. So I know, I know. Sell, me, what... sell me on grit. So, uh, make, make, a, make a sale on grit. So Give me your pitch. I'm not sure how Fredo is feeling, but I'd imagine if Fredo is looking shaken or worried or any of that, this is her trying to be a grounding force of like, she is convinced this is going to work because we're still here. That's proof it's going to work. So it's, it's, she doesn't explain that. She just says, yep, you got this. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Just keep going. And just like being a rock for him. Give me a grit roll. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. Exploding. Okay, okay, okay. This is exploded. Okay, so this is a planned roll, so that's an 18. Okay. Oh, I keep forgetting my planned and unplanned modifiers. You did, you did great. You did as well as you needed to. All okay. right. Grisham, you see Fredo calmly trying to heal the body. You also hear him whispering. Those must be some sort of magical words that, like, Fredo, some sort of somatic com- or verbal component. That ha- has to be what it is. Uh, you see Maureen sort of kneeling behind him, her hand on his shoulder, and also saying, you can hear this, uh, some, some words of, of solidarity and calm. How do you approach this situation? So the A99, is that like disposed of or just- it, uh, Maureen made, uh, made a snow cone out of it. Okay, got it. I'm just making sure. All right. You rolled well enough to where it's, yeah. <laughs> Grisham of- 
Well, too bad I didn't get to do the thing I wanted to do with the thing. Um, I'll tell oh. you at the end of it. It's fine. It's okay. Not a big deal. But now Grisham gets to do something that's actually more in keeping with Bison House. Um, preservation of life. Uh, Grisham is actually going to sort of transfer some of his strength, some of his vitality to Julian Fossil Snap as much okay. as it would take to, to help him survive. Okay. It sounds like you're trying to do a grit roll as well? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. That's cool. Here we go. Heart of the cards. And I want to use one of my adversary tokens for this as well. Y'all coming in clutch. Look 11. Nice. Okay. As you do this, you, you succeeded with the caveat, I would say, uh, in this case. You, you begin this transfer of vitality. And you see between all of your efforts, you're, you're definitely succeeding. As the wounds close and you see some of the light coming back into Julian Fusselsnap's eyes, you also see Grisham. Does Grisham have facial hair? Um, maybe like five o'clock shadow, but that's about it. Okay. Describe your hairstyle for me. I'd say Grisham has longer hair, actually, like maybe a little bit past his shoulders. Okay. Uh, I would say actually Marine would probably notice this. Fredo is is concentrating. Uh, Marine, you see a silver streak start forming down Grisham's right temple. Ah, Grisham, that's cool. You're saving lives and starting uh, a a new trend in hairstyles. I love it. (laughs) Grisham laughs weakly. You know, if you hadn't gotten the A99, my next plan was to turn him into gold. <gasps> Ooh, that would have been that would have been cool too. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of got I got I got very excited about all the ice. But this <laughs> this is even even better what as, you're doing. As you make this comment, Fredo, you see Professor Fussel Snap flip open his eyes and <gasps> as you, you have done an excellent job of revitalizing him. And the final words of Fredo's healing words. And remember, when you become Professor Fusselsnap, Grisham, Maureen, and Fredo always get A's. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that you do notice, and this, this harkens back to something from the meeting that you had with Professor Fusselsnap right before, right before you went on this mission. When you were talking about uh, uh, your various battle scars and fighting the Annihilators, you see that he has an extremely similar, if not more raw, less healed version of the scar on his head that he had when he was unglamored. Time is a flat circle. Like a pizza. Oh, we should go get some pizza after this. I I think pizza's a thing. Sparrow Place had a pizza. Yeah. I'm, I'm, wow. Thank you all. Yeah, I mean. Professor Fossil Snap looks over at the Annihilator, uh, or what's left of it, and do do we need to worry about that? Probably, but. uh, I'm not the time guy, but I think it's still going to come back no matter what, but now it's in a loop. Like, yeah, we need to worry about it, but then we also need to let it happen. So oh, that no. this happens. Yeah. My head hurts. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. I think what Julian's talking about is n- the now now, the us now. Not the then now, but the us now now are supposed to do something with the this this so it doesn't remain in the then then, which is a now now. Yes. That's precisely. So do we take it back to us to the then now or the now then? I don't even know how we're getting back. I figured we'd have some pizza first. That may be a puzzle we'll have to solve. You see him 
do the same sense of magic as he had done previously. Pizza sounds good. You may want to consider how long you stay in this time. I sense that the latent chronomancy that all of you have been imbued with because of your travel is fading. I don't know what that means. I mean, I got my own chronomancy, but I just keep going backwards and I don't want to go backwards again. I already did that. Have you considered, have you ever tried to go forward? I mean, aren't we doing that now now? Time flows forward naturally. I am not a scion of uh, chronomancy, but it seems like going forward in time would probably be easier than going back. Going back requires you to fight against the current of time, as it were. And yeah, and if you think of it like a map, we know the destination of where we're going. So we can ride the waves to where we want to go. You could. But after pizza. Oh. I'm afraid you may not have much time to to do that. I am sorry. Grisham conjures a pizza. <laughs> okay. Grisham, give, oh, right, me, we give me a spell roll. You are magic. Give me a spell roll. Okay. Uh, how are you conjuring this pizza? Describe to me the process of this pizza incarnation, and I will give you some options to choose from. All right. So I think what Grisham is trying to do is pull the disparate elements needed to make pizza, you know, your carbon atoms, your nitrogen atoms, your oxygen atoms, right? And assembling them like sort of on that molecular basis to the point and then exposing them to the relevant levels of heat that needed to, to, to make a pizza like in, in a thing. Like they're sort of thinking about everything that you studied about science and everything you studied about to- the flow of time and how time is the flow of matter in a way of speaking. He's applying all of that in that moment to try and make I'm based on the smell of uh, of the Zamaros to to be able to sort of reverse engineer a pizza from that, and and just by bringing the re- the disparate ingredients from a molecular level together and then just baking it like in a circle like there. Okay, I I appreciate your commitment to the uh, the newly formed art of smellomancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and give me give me either brains. Or I would say charm might be one, because you're basically talking the elements into coming together. I will even consider grit, because all of this takes an enormous amount of energy, and how you harness it is is important. All right. I mean, not, not that it's been very good for me to this point, but grit's going to give me the best chance to get Do there. It. So, so hard of the cards. Who wants to give me an adversity token? I don't pizza. have one. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I haven't had any for a while. Yeah, okay. Lauren hasn't failed a roll in a while. With all those really low rolls I've had. I mean, it's I'm not complaining. I am using my last adversity token to make. I'm not complaining. Because art imitates life. I make pizza in real life. Hey. Here we go. 12. Oh, yeah, 12. Nice. Okay. I would say that's good enough, and you can take this comment any way you want. It's good enough for Sabaro pizza. Huh? You know what? That's all I really wanted. Some, some you have mall made pizza. a... A reasonable a- approximation of 90s mall pizza. Considering we probably haven't had real pizza ourselves in a while, the Sbarro pizza is probably pretty good. Yeah. A thin slice, just the right amount of cheese. The sauce is sweet, but not too sweet. Oh, I want Sbarro pizza. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you know, I also have to say, I re-looked it up. So my list of the, the smell of spells for D&D, Dunamancy which is the time magic over there, is coffee and chocolate. Mm. 
John, okay. next time you're here, I'm making you pizza, okay? Okay. I also, I agree with that. It, those, those are very dense smells with lots of gravity to them. I, yeah. Gravity is vanilla. Ah, okay. It's the time is chocolate and coffee. Time is chocolate. Okay, yeah. okay. But that's okay. Ooh, pizza. Did you pull this out of time? More out of, well, space time. The under, what do we want? The understanding that time and space are part of the same continuum. When do we want it? Then. <laughs> no, here. Oh, here. You make enough to where you, you conjure pizza so that all of you are easily able to take a slice and fold it uh, since you're out in the middle of the forest. <laughs> Julian Fussell Snap takes one, and this is not usually how I toast friends, but thank you. I don't, I don't know if it seems like we are at a crossroads. You have enough energy to get home, but do you want to go home, or do you want to assure that the future you come from never happens? Something to consider. If the future we come from never happens, then we don't get sent back in time to save you, which means we don't get sent back in time to this moment where we prevent the future from happening. And that's, I, Grisham, back me up on this. That's the destruction of everything, right? Time paradoxes, impossibilities, like, probably raise more questions than it would solve. Also, I don't think we even could do that. I think, I think time is a static and even, I think even if that thing killed you, then someone else would have taken your place. Because if by killing you immediately that changed the timeline, we wouldn't be here to save you. So hmm. I don't think we even could do anything except eat pizza and watch the end of the world. That's exactly what we got to do. Is we got to eat our pizza, then go home to then make sure we come back in time. It's We're stuck in the loop. Well, I, I mean, we're like a record. We're like the part of the record player that just goes over and over and over again. It seems like your time in the loop is quickly coming to an end. You'll soon be off this loop and and on with the rest of your life. Yeah, but if I'm going to stay back here, I need to go back to the future and get like a sports betting book. Oh. Let's not. Back. If if you're if what you've described is is truly the future, I don't think anyone's making sports bets in the future. Yeah, remember it's the whole thing about banks, like a history book. Yeah. In any case, if, if time's a flat circle and we can't change anything, I don't think I have to worry about you putting a pause in your memory or anything like that. I think it's all kind of unfolding the way it was supposed to, for better or worse. Also, hmm. at this point, all you really know is that someone got sent back to kill you. So. Yay, that didn't happen? This is this is true. I am not without my own scars now. And he does the same... It's weird. He does the same move with his hand that he did to reveal the his... To take down his glamour. And he glamours the side of his head to look at just as it was. I'm afraid that might cause, raise undue questions. But let's let's have this pizza and let's get you home. Yeah. Cheers. And, and I hold up the a slice to, to toast. Yeah, we toast. all toast with slices toast with of pizza. pizza. Yeah, and then we got to go clean up broken snow cone over there because I, I, I assume we're taking that with us. Yeah. You you all are able to collect. Uh, I assume that you all are classic magical students. You have a bag of holding on you. Uh, you're easily able to collect the A99 into this bag. I'm sure all of you have bags of various sizes. You know what? We have extra dimensional spaces uh, pockets all over the place. Right, right. I was going to have you rollies to see 
who the spectrum who has the coin purse of holding and who has the oversized prada bag of holding yeah let's do rollies and see see everyone ranking as far as the bag of holding size just a d20 just a d20 on par a nine Fifteen. Now, right. now, now I get a good I, roll. And now I roll bad. Five. <laughs> All right. All right. Lauren, describe your sensibly uh, compact bag of holding. I think her tactical vest, one of the pockets in the multiple pockets on this tactical vest, because it was enchanted, mm-hmm. is the, the pocket of holding. So okay. it's, it's kind of boring and she can't. She, she's limited by how much you could put in there because it's it's pocket size. So I think she's putting like a toe and an eye and a finger and half of a spleen. But, you know, it's it's piece by piece by piece. Fredo, describe your evening clutch size <laughs> implement of holding. So it, it's uh, it looks like a very small leather doctor's bag. Uh, okay. kind of, you know, where like a large clutch size, like not like evening clutch, not like quite bag of holding. So like he could fit a couple of armaments or two in there that he needs on a rainy day and not have to go looking above a uh, toilet, you know, for it. Uh, so you can kind of just like whip it out and then it doesn't look too out of place in, you know, the evening wear of carrying it around like it's a gentleman's purse. I see. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's yeah, you you come from a much more uh, tolerant time. And it is, like, full leather. It's got, like, the gator skin leather with, you know, uh, the, like, exotic wood handles. Right. Grisham, go ahead and describe however large you want it, implement of holding. Oh, well, mine's real simple. I just have pockets, right? They stay small, but they'll stretch out to whatever you need. He's got one on each side of him. And he's just stuffing legs in his pockets, arms in his pockets, Cargo pants half a torso in his pockets, in a way, except <laughs> that I'm wearing acid watch right now. And it's never tied to an item. It's just like, he always has like two pocket dimensions on either side of his thighs, basically. I'm picturing Guybrush Threepwood opening up his pants and just like stuffing yeah. things on in there. <laughs> but for those of you who get that reference, thank you. Pirate I was meant to be. And as you, uh, as you all gather up the A99, Professor Fussels, Julian Fusselsnap, sorry, gives you one last look and says, I believe with enough, with enough energy, you all should be able to return home on your own. I ha- will, however, uh, give you a bit of a boost. Flying may not have been my strong suit, but, uh, but scholarly magic is. And I believe uh, I can, with Maureen and uh, Grisham, with your... With your skills in chronomancy and just a just a little bit of guidance i believe i can get you home works for me and with that grisham actually thinks back to a movie he saw very early in his days at their own academy in the department of penna studies and some sort of old archive clicks his heels together and just whispers to himself over and over again there's no place like home i think maureen just looks a little sad because the idea of going forward in time is nowhere near as exciting as going backwards it doesn't matter the length or the, the time frame, but like forward in time is boring. We do that all the time, but yeah, I guess we, we kind of got to do it fine. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of that. As you all enter this meditative state of, of longing, <laughs> annoyance, and we'll call Fredo's opportunity. <laughs> I mean, Fredo's got a thriving business back in the future. There you go. All of you start to feel, you feel an acceleration instead of being pulled apart that the going back in time seemed 
to do to stretch you uncomfortably, to cause you a lot of pain. The going forward in time, it's like it's like when you've done a dive in your broom. It's sort of that feeling of lightness, of lifting as you are going extremely fast. You have speed, you have exhilaration. This is much more pleasant than going back in time as you all again instead of a low thrumming this time it's almost a high pitched whine as it gets louder and louder in your ear it's the, the only uncomfortable thing about it is oh god it's loud 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 everything has gone white as you all your vision comes back to you you feel marine you feel someone you feel someone coming up to you and you hear marine you're back you're back oh okay good i thought my eardrums had burst at Grisham, you feel the heavy hands of someone you know as Bruce Bowen uh, sort of helping you up. Fredo, a wiry man with a scraggly beard, lifts, you know, lifts you to your feet. You recognize this person as uh, Manu Ginobili, and you look around, and all of you have returned to the area where the chronomancers were being held. You see that all of them are more or less in the same state that you left them, and they are all the original chronomancers that you were sent to rescue. We're back! And on that note... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> thank you all for coming with us on this little journey of magic and metal. I think, hopefully, we have all had uh, some fun with this, uh, with this little story, and who knows, maybe we'll see these characters back. Which characters, you might ask? Yeah, John, which character may we see back? Who did you play this campaign? Uh, you know, now that Fredo Branzini, who I played, is back in the future, you, you may see some new interesting business ventures coming up with uh, what Fredo being able to procure things, especially now that he knows how to go back in time to get the things to procure. And, and by know how to get back in time, he knows that Grisham and Maureen... He, he means ask Maureen and Grisham. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Grisham, Grisham uh, uh, or Jack, how, uh, who have you played? And uh, yeah, give me a little bit about uh, your the near future of Grisham Vinod. I played Grisham Vinod, the sort of fatalist slacker turned big brain of the team. And I think Grisham's experience is going to lead him to eventually take a role teaching at their own academy. All right. And finally, uh, who got the last word in the campaign proper? Lauren. <laughs> Uh, who, who was, who did you play in this, in this little campaign and, uh, what's in the near future for, for that character? Uh, I played Maureen, who is definitely not the brains of the group. And I think in the near future, I think she stops doing any kind of overt time stuff and now has become fascinated with creating food out of nothing. What Grisham did <laughs> to create the pizza like, that was kind of the best moment, and she was fascinated by that. And so basically every time that Fredo comes to her trying to convince her to go back in time for some business venture, she manages to basically distract him out of the idea by going, okay, wait, 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 but I can almost do a pie. Watch. Immaculate it Confections. And <laughs> that's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> And I have been Jonathan, your your storyteller. Thank you for uh for for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. 
we have one more post episode in this little gathering where we're going to we're going to kind of break down uh, the story a little bit, the the choices that we made when we made our characters kind of talk it out and just what we thought of our uh, my first game of Kids on Brooms. And, and we'll we'll do that. We're also going to going to do some special stuff. There's a certain D&D movie coming out this weekend. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Hey. And again, thank you so much. And we will see you next encounter. Bye. Thank you, Jonathan. That was amazing. Bye. Yes, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from StabbyQuest, Jesse Florence... Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.